It's time again for the one show that takes a look at business from a different perspective. The Coaching Perspective with Master Certified Business Coach, Doug DeFeller. Hey, Doug. Hey, Paul. Glad to be with you here in studio today. A bright, sunny day, not too warm. Well, look, welcome to today's episode of the Coaching Perspective Radio Show. I'm your host, Doug DeFeller, and our guest for today is Teresa Santos, and we're going to be talking about develop your self-worth to increase your net worth. I love that, Teresa. Thank you. Well, Teresa has been a successful female lifestyle entrepreneur for more than 30 years and believes in the power of the right influence. She accredits her father, Robert, and strong business and a strong businesswoman she had the privilege to mentor under for those positive influences. She earned her first million dollars at 29 years old. Oh, I was so slow compared to you. Mm. While mentoring thousands of women in her business to develop their confidence, courage, and charisma. She's the founder of Beauty for the Soul Mentorship, where she mentors modern-day women on powerful business, confidence, and feminine success strategies and rituals. She is a former Mary, Mary Kay sales director who earned 18 of the infamous cars, the pink Cadillacs, during her 28 years with the company. She's a wife, mother of two adult sons, and now she is a member of the Coaching Perspective radio show mm-hmm. community. Welcome. Thank you so much, Doug. Oh, I'm thrilled so, to be here. Oh, I'm so glad to have you here today. This is fun, and I'm so interested to hear you are involved in so many things. I'm mm-hmm. I'm not going to say what she was doing before she got here today, but boy, it was impressive. (laughs) Okay, so look, let's kick right off and tell us what you did before your current business. Give us a little background on how you got to where you're at today. It was certainly my background that brought me to the realization that I really do have this gift to help women and men find their North Star. And so I've had five different businesses in almost 35 years. Probably can't hold a job, huh? Can't hold a job. <laughs> Quick quitter. <laughs> Actually, I have figured out a way that, um, because I'm not a job holder at all. I think, seriously, I've had a job maybe two days my whole life. <laughs> I know what you mean. Oh, exactly. And... So I, to, to just really keep it simple, I, I got into a little, a little company called Mary Kay Cosmetics yes. when I was uh, 21 years old, Doug, because I, I had these two little men, at, I, two little babies, these two little boys, that, uh, a newborn and a two-year-old, and I got into that company because I didn't want to have a job. I wanted to raise my own children, and it was important for me not to send them off to daycare. Little did I know what it would lead to, but the beginning simply, it was really pure and innocent. Just, I wanted to make an extra 300 bucks a week so I didn't have to go get a job. (laughs) And 28 years later, I resigned from that company as a director almost seven years ago. Wow. I stayed connected to a lot of the people. But um, during the last, even even while I was the Mary Kay director, I always had different business projects. I learned a long time ago to create something called an, a business umbrella. Okay. And and that and that is just really a tip, a mentor tip that I would offer anybody is f- make a list of the things that they know they're passionate about and ask themselves. Could there be a business connected to this passion? And for me, it, uh, the second area of my passion 
in while being a Mary Kay director, and again, almost all my businesses came during that time. Beauty for the Soul Mentorship was the only thing really post Mary Kay. Wow. Okay. So because I figured out early working with women was much and in cosmetics or really any business was more than just whatever the product was that they were trying to sell. You can teach overcoming objections. You can teach selling skills short term. But until that person understood that she deserves success, she wasn't going to, you know, she wasn't going to be that motivated to go out there and get rejected. (laughs) So I became a student through books on self-esteem and I discovered a guy way back in 1997 by the name of Jack Canfield and I think everybody kind of hurt. Chicken soup for the soul. And that's where it started, right? Um, But a lot of people didn't realize back, now people understand Jack is all about the transformation and self-esteem but back then those chicken soup for the soul books, they made him infamous, very wealthy and notorious. However, he his background was all in the area of self-esteem facilitation. So those were the books that I was reading, everything I could get my hands on. And so then I I grad I was very I was in the very first graduating class of now they call it train the trainer. This okay. is way back. We're talking over twenty years ago. And so then I started a self-esteem company, and I was out there traveling, you know, the nation doing chicken soup for the (laughs) entrepreneur soul. So I I ran with that title because we could legally at that time use that. And um, so I started the seminar company and I thought I could just help a couple people build some self-esteem and it turned out I was right. And so I've had the company doing that and I still I still do workshops. Today, I really do more one-day events under the Beauty for the Soul brand. Now you can kind of make the connection. Chicken soup and, and Beauty for the Soul. Okay. <laughs> There's that connection, that love affair way back. And been a celebrity makeup artist. And so I had um, that side of my business as well, where um, celebrities and uh, higher-profile individuals would hire me for a day, whether it be a special event. And learn to set my own price and I set a very nice price for that and then I just so pretty much everything that I've done businesses that I've started have been under my umbrella inner and outer beauty so that at least helped me to establish whether or not this would be something I could expand on Okay, so before we get to beauty for the soul uh, I mean there's so many questions you've left me with there What was the most valuable lesson you Mm -hmm. learned from the Mary Kay system? God first. Really? Really. God first. I grew up. I'm not amazed at that as a... Yeah. As a as a guiding star, but you don't From hear a corporate many. Level, you don't right? hear many companies teaching that. I was. I can. I can sit here today, and even though I'm not affiliated with that company any longer, Doug, I grew up with a lot of the pearls and those those wisdoms of the lady herself there really was a Mary Kay Ash and I was at her home several times I had high influence from her um, I would consider her one of the top five most influential women in my life and and she from her own I mean it it was so ingrained to us God first family second because when you do that then you can build a beautiful business around that 
women need that kind of harmony? Not the answer I expected from a sales organization. Mm -hmm. Just wonderful. I'm so glad I asked you that. (laughs) Okay, so now tell us about your current business, Beauty for the Soul. What is that about? So it's really Beauty for the Soul mentorship. It it took me 35 years to come here. And what, what Beauty for the Soul mentorship is all about, it is me making myself available for women outside my businesses. For the last 35 years, I've been mentoring. I've mentored thousands of women inside my businesses. And so what Beauty for the Soul mentorship is about today, it's anybody male you know women women tend to gravitate toward me because i definitely bring a little bit more of a a i wish i could say that (laughs) i was waiting for that insert (laughs) but women i definitely believe in a strong feminine presence and so i will have a woman that definitely can identify with that in me and want to work with me but i also have women that have been tomboys and that doesn't they don't they don't feel that but they'd like to nurture that and expand on that and so and of course as we talked about earlier i don't it's not i'm not just working with women i i'm going to be available for anybody that is looking for a higher level hindsight because really with beauty for the soul mentorship i tell people after all my success all the businesses that I've started from seed to bringing them to a great place of fruition, that I have hindsight. So my hindsight can be their foresight. I love it. I love it. Well, you know, I mean, I have to admit that when uh, uh, Lisa Reed first mentioned you to me and I looked up beauty for the soul, I thought, oh, no, wait, I'm not interested in talking about cosmetics and beauty secrets for women. And then the more I looked at your website and the more I saw the things you were doing, the mentorship Mm -hmm. program came through. And in spite of all of the pink on your... uh, Yeah, I'm a little pink. You're a little pink. There's no question about your femininity here at all. Well, look, you know, we have a question that Mm -hmm. we ask all of our guests, Mm -hmm. and we've never gotten a duplicate answer. Okay, so the pressure's on. Bring it on. What's your guiding principle? Ah, my guiding principle is I am a woman of faith, and it was important for me to um, create some wealth. I knew that, I knew that, if there was wealth and I was no longer stressed over money. And I think a lot of your listeners are gonna be able to relate to what I'm about to say, is that I know what it's like, Doug, to worry about, uh, you know, my son, when he was 13 months old, you heard you heard earlier I, I got into that little gig called Mary Kay just because yeah. I wanted to make a little extra money. <laughs> little did I know that I would end up as a very young mom, very young um, newly married couple basically to have over $50,000 in medical debt. Now we're talking over 30 years ago and there was, I'm sure people have heard the rumor that uh, some financial debt can add a little stress to a, a marriage and a relationship. Yes. So, my son had open heart surgery. We were left with all this major debt. He's amazing. He's strong. He's over 30 years old right now. Wonderful. But Wonderful. But it put in perspective, I knew what it was like to be under a great amount of stress because there wasn't enough money ever. And it was wrecking my sleep. It, 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 it caused great stress to the family. And somewhere inside me, I knew that 
when a woman, I mean all people, but especially a mother or anybody out there showing up and really having to support and serve other people at any capacity, whether you know, but when when you know that it's just not you, but you have to be, you have to show up and be available to right. to serve and help other people. It once a person has peace of mind, right? So what's guiding me here is I, when peace of mind is present, it's the most important thing in my life is making sure that what I do, all my decisions are going to leave me with peace of mind. And once a person has peace of mind, and of course what so, so, what so often gives us that peace of mind is when our daily survival needs are met. Mm-hmm. Well, I know what it's like to not have those needs met in the beginning. And so when I figured out some ways to make sure that I had peace of mind, that gave me a sense of you know harmony, so now I could get my, my daily needs, I could start making enough money to take care of daily survival needs. And then once you've got those two things present, peace of mind is there, you're no longer struggling and obsessed about where the money's gonna come from. The only time I ever felt that I was completely obsessed with money is when I didn't have it. <laughs> when I was in complete struggle mode, right? Well, sure. You and you yeah. were upside down there. I, mean, I was, that com- was a, completely. I, I, yeah. Couldn't even see. And then you can get on with your dreams. And so, peace of mind. And then going after your dreams. We all know that great infamous speech by Martin Luther King did yeah. not start with "I have a goal." Right? right? It was, I have a dream. So that's what keeps me grounded. That is at the core of my decisions. And does it feed the dream? And does it give me peace of mind? You know, it, it, uh, listening to you now, it kind of makes sense, your, your serial entrepreneur sort of ability here of starting a number of businesses. Uh, I'm convinced that if you don't have peace of mind, you cannot unlock your creativity. And if you've Absolutely. got, if you've developed a, the ability to control or give yourself peace of mind, then it unlocks your creative abilities, which yeah. is probably why you've started so many companies. You are so correct, and I mean, um, no wonder you're a great coach. That I think that that's a rumor I started. It is a know. rumor you started. <laughs> well, I'll help spread that. But it, we were born to create. And we were also born to mentor. Okay. Well, look, uh, let's take a quick commercial break, and then we're going to come back and talk about your fascinating topic here today, self-worth to increase your net worth. And we're back with Teresa Santos, and we're talking about our topic today, developing your self-worth to increase your net worth. Where do you want to start us on that, Teresa? Well, since we're going to talk about self-worth, I'm going to, from my heart, Doug, say it's Therese. And not Teresa. (laughs) So that's my self-worth kicking in. (laughs) Well, thank you. If you didn't tell me, I wouldn't know. How could you? Right. (laughs) No wonder I misspelled it. There you go. go. Yeah. So as far as self-worth, I think that it's really important that people, people don't probably realize just how connected their their self-worth, I'm going to say it again, their self-worth is highly connected to their net worth more than they even imagine. Their self-worth is what gives them the ability to attract people or to attract success. It also is what gives them charisma. Charisma has a lot of power behind it. But more than anything, if a person doesn't come from a place of higher self-worth, they don't tend to execute. They don't, they're not usually willing to, to do whatever it takes 
to create the things that they say they want. If that if that's money, if it's love, whatever it is, if it's whatever that goal is. But we're talking net worth right now. And so one of the one of the big, big secrets, and hopefully it's not that much of a secret, it's just a good reminder to creating wealth, and that is the way you get rich is by enriching others. And if a person doesn't come from a place of self-worth, they don't feel like they have any worth to offer others. And so if you think about the simplicity of that, you get rich by enriching others, but are you even going to try? Do you even think you have anything to offer? if you're not coming from a place of high self-worth. Well, now I start to see why you are taking self-worth from a passive trait to an active, proactive trait. It's a verb. Yeah, which uh, I wasn't there before we had this talk. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. Thank you. So rejection, right? We know that the top three fears in life Again, when we're speaking to self-worth, we still know that even after all these times and all this emphasis out there of being a speaker and being willing to be seen, now more than ever, we have to be willing to get out there. But why isn't it the, you know, people are still afraid to speak in front of people. It still remains to be the number one fear of life. And the top three fears are, and I know you know this as a personal development coach, so we're looking at number three, the fear of, the fear of, you know, the fear of death. Number Mm -hmm. two, the fear of rejection. Number three, the fear of public speaking, which means more people would rather die (laughs) and get rejected, right? That ranking, yes. Yeah, exactly. But again, if you're not feeling that strong sense of presence and confident that you have something to offer, everybody's got something to offer. But unless you're coming from that place of strong, you know, uh, this, this sense that you have worth, worth charging for, worth pricing for. I, I like that. Cause you, and you mentioned earlier when you were talking about the makeup work that you did. Yes. And you didn't name a number. You don't yeah. need to. But you did say it wasn't a low number. Five <laughs> figures. Okay. And that is the problem so many people have yeah. is putting a price on what they have to offer others. I think that's the number one issue for coaches that I talk to. Because they can't look up on a on a list. You can't go to the internet and say what does coaching cost. It gives you ridiculous numbers. So how do you how do you help people identify what to charge? All right. So I coach many coaches, or I mentor many. I don't really coach a coach. I mentor the coaches, okay. and I mentor significant people of influence. That and I still take on a mentee role. I think that um, he or she who thinks. They're done. (laughs) The joke is on them, right? And so when you are, again, coming from this place that you know you have some value, the worst thing we can do is discount ourselves. And we discount ourselves and we discount our value by negotiating discounting your prices. So rule number one, when you set a price, set a price that that kind of scares you a little. <laughs> and then stand boldly in that and grow into that. Oh, I like it. And 
as a new entrepreneur or somebody new in the industry, coaching, pick up, just know that you know more than a whole lot of other people. If you're putting yourself out there as a coach, then trust that you have much to offer. So set a price that feels fair to you and then up it a little bit and stay on that. The right people will pay that price. I would much rather have 10 clients at my price than a hundred that I'm running around and now I've lost my peace of mind. Yep, I've been down that road, yeah. It also makes it much easier with a limited number of clients to enrich them. It really does. Yeah. It really does. So what else do you, you know, you Mm -hmm. mentioned uh, when you and I were talking, there were five ways to increase your self-esteem. You've given us a couple already. Yeah. What else is... Well, I think the most important thing is that there is a space between, you know, sleep and awake that most people fail to pay attention to. We hear it. We're taught by a lot of the incredible gurus out there that precious time between sleep and awake is the most valuable place. It's like plastic. And that's where your own words... I mean, we all know our subconscious response to our voice more than any other voice on the planet. So when your head is on your pillow, and I mean this so seriously, when your head is on that pillow, especially women, they default to thinking about their day. And their default button is everything they did wrong, everything on their list they didn't get done, all their perceived failures, And so in that place between sleep and awake, when the subconscious is the most open, most vulnerable, is when we need to repeat our victories, rehearse, we we literally, even if it's just that few moments of just consciously thinking about everything that I did right. What did I do right today? Who did I help today? What did I do right today? Having that conversation with myself. What did I do right today? And then those thoughts are what literally helped me drift off to sleep. And more than that, then my subconscious is going to work to create more of that the next day. And there is something powerful about just understanding that pillow gratitude self-talk time, that place between sleep and awake. See, success is not that hard. Making money isn't that hard. What are we saying to ourselves? My affirmation is, I make money easy. Making money is easy. Like, I never get sick because I say to myself, I don't, I don't get sick. When everybody else last week, <laughs> last, you know, during when everybody has colds, yep. I don't get sick. I love the fact that I don't get sick. And that's exactly what I say a lot. I love the fact that I can make money easy. Just those it's the dialogue that we have with ourselves all day long. And we have to train the brain to do that. But if we're going to be thinking thoughts anyway, why don't we turn the odds of prosperity in our favor? Well, it makes total sense. I mean, the self-talk. I mean, there's nobody in the world that talks more than we do to ourselves. Totally. You know? Yes. (laughs) And the unfortunate part is we really listen to that, whereas other people we may tune out. We listen to it, and it can, I mean, there's such a thing called 
you know, we all know that uh, McDonald had a burger called the, you know, the Big Mac, and it was yeah. nicknamed, right, the, the heart attack on a plate. But there are things that are more deadly than Big Macs, and that is thought attacks. Thought attacks. Thought attacks, right? All those, yeah. I love it when he's writing things down. <laughs> oh, I love, I, you know, you've got lots of stuff here. I gotta, I gotta take notes. I'm learning. This you is, know. So then, when you have a thought attack, it's then we can be much more. We want to do much more conscious thinking. And when you catch yourself with those thought attacks, and a thought attack always is going to have a derivative of doubt. Right. Mm-hmm. So anytime you're doubting yourself or, you know, just in the area of uh, self-critic, just anytime. I mean, especially coaches, especially entrepreneurs, whenever we go down any kind of foreign path, we all know the fear of, you know, what um, I think that we have to get to this place of if you're going to it's it's training your default button. If you're going to go to a default button. Make sure it's one that is going to be one that supports you. And you can train the brain to go default in your favor. Sure, why not? But you know how to do that? How? It's making sure there's something out there called emotional contagion. You know, a contagion. And so it has everything to do with influence. So if somebody were to say, maybe that somebody is you right now, and ask me, the number one, if I felt there was one piece of wisdom that I could offer somebody. Well, you got my attention. You want, okay. And so for me, it's in one word, influence. Who are you allowing to influence you? So as a mentor, that's what I do. I make sure that they understand that I will be one of their greatest influences during this time with me, mm-hmm. but then they have to pay attention to the other four. So most people don't even realize that stress is contagious. Yeah. Right? Just I like we, we right? Their stress fa- is contagious. You see families that just, That's right. You know, stress is contagious. Spread it like a cold. That's right. We all know the term misery loves company. Yes. But people don't, and they, they just put that in a little box. They don't realize gratitude is contagious, stress is contagious, prosperity is contagious. These are all contagions. And so if you put yourself in a space, the five people that you spend the I believe in a lot of rules of five. I have I have about five <laughs> rules of five. Okay. And one of those are I'm very, very careful who I allow to influence me. One of the things you asked me before we went on live on, on air is you said, um, I looked at your website. I noticed you wanna share with me, share with the audience what you said to me? Uh, I'm trying to think of what I said. You notice I hang out with some pretty amazing people. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah, you, you move in a circle of uh, very influential people, people that I recognize their names, and not just because they were famous, but people I respect. Thank you. And there's a reason I do that. It's because I believe in making sure that I have balcony people in my life. And there's basement people and there's balcony people. Oh, I was hoping you'd get to that. I saw it on your notes yes. you gave me before the show. Yes. And I'm going balcony versus 
basement influence what are you talking about oh so <laughs> influence influence and so a balcony person to bring it you know keep it real how about if i speak to a basement person i'll quickly touch on that because i think the whole balcony thing will go of course okay and so what i categorize as a basement person and again Sometimes uh, we don't have a lot of control if that basement person's in our immediate family. We just kind of love them where they're at. But a basement person, if somebody were to take on, you know, take out a piece of paper right now and seriously do a check on the five people in your life and you just, co- you know, literally commingle your life, both your personal life and your professional life, and you do a quick inventory, who are the five people I spend the most time with? Who are those five people? And if you're married, of course, your spouse sure. or all that. Hopefully. But when, hopefully, right? <laughs> but when you look at your list of five, you've got your list. Now I'm going to go ahead. So that's your five influences. Okay. Okay. So now we go ahead and we take this a step further because this is the most important thing. And so once you identify the five people that you are currently spending the most time with, where you're allowing, remember that whole contingent thing here? So you're allowing them to influence you, okay? So that's why you have to pick your influence very carefully, and that is gonna come in the form of the people you spend time with. So a basement influence is someone that you spend some time with either face-to-face or maybe even on the phone. Sure. And by the time you're done spending time with that person, you feel worse about you. Your energy can be completely drained. You're, you had ideas. You were motivated. You were excited about something, but maybe you shared an idea. You shared a dream, and they, they literally, they, you know, they shot that one down quick. They were, they're fault finders. A basement person is always going to remind you of past failures. A basement person is going to find ways that um, you probably are not going to make it happen. <laughs> right? They're going to be looking for, they're going to remind you of mistakes and they're going to remind you of everything, every possible reason it's not going to work out for you. They may, and if it, again, based on that relationship, right? But a balcony, excuse me, a basement person just makes you, you're down. Just like when you go to the basement, you're down, you're feeling worse, you're not encouraged, you're discouraged. But a balcony person, when you surround yourself with a balcony people, now you can be talking, you can be sharing ideas and dreams or just having dinner. And when you're done spending time with a balcony person again, face to face or on the phone, you are a better version of you. All of a sudden, you are, you're, there's edification that probably took place. You're encouraged. You're excited. You're probably more you're energetic, you're hopeful. But if in two simple basement people discourage, mm-hmm. balcony people encourage, and the soul thrives on encouragement. So when you're mentoring people yes. and they have and they've prepared their list of five for you and they have uh, too many basement people, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe How do they ditch maybe, them? Yeah. Do you recommend they ditch them, or do you recommend they reallocate the time to put more to the positive? A little bit of both. Okay. So, um, a little bit of both. So, if I see and they recognize that there's a lot more basement people in their life, um, it's usually a moment of just recognizing that, that is huge for someone. They, they never made that connection before. Mm-hmm. Um, and they start understanding that the whole power of influence and, um, and how that just continues to be contagious. And so... If it's 
a spouse, for example. See, here's what I know is that when you're coming from a place of high self-worth, you tolerate very little abuse. And so often, um, and again, I'm going to, this can happen both men and women, but where there's very low self-esteem, there tends to be a lot of emotional abuse. And a lot of times the abusers are the basement people because they certainly don't encourage. And so a person who's growing their sense of self-esteem and self-confidence and self-worth, if there is any form of abuse going on, they'll be stronger to change that situation in their own time. So what I don't advocate is, you know, ending relationships of that type without, um, you know, just being much more mindful. And that usually takes, they need to get stronger. If it's a parent, if it's, um, you know, so often, if we all know that people that struggle tend to want struggle for others, right? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. it's hard for me, it should be hard for you. Absolutely. So I just tell people that to remind them, you're going to spend less time with the basement people, if at all, if you have to spend time, and if it is a family member or someone that you are tie, you know, legally tied to, then just remember that um, it is, it's their pain out loud. You know, people, people treat people on the outside based on how they feel about themselves on the inside. So I remind them that simple little truth that they can limit their time Focus on building their own strengths, and they'll know what to do. But limit their time and their influence whenever possible, and get a f- overcompensate by getting a few more balcony people in their life. Okay, I'm going to take a little bit of a of a right turn here on you. I want to come back to this and continue this part of the conversation, but I want to ask you in your mentoring. Mm-hmm. Are you mentoring people primarily on their, um, this is the wrong term, but you'll get what I mean, on on their personality, personal issues, or are you mentoring them on their business problems? Where's the mentorship? I start with confidence. And so for me, if it's a female client, and I have a lot of professionals, I've got doctors, I've got attorneys that, I'm, that are currently in my, in my mentorship program. I've got um, some high-level people that, from the outside looking in, mm-hmm. you wouldn't even think that they would reach up. But they do. And, and so what I know is that it's about courage and confidence that creates charisma. And if m- most people come to me when they find themselves at a place of struggle. They could be highly established in business, but they've never made seven figures. Or they're, they could be making a lot of money, but they're heavily in debt. They could be making a lot of money, there's no debt, but they find themselves completely, they can't sleep at night. And there's no joy in their life. And they're struggling with just you know, wanting to quit life. And so what I look at is understanding, going right back to self-worth creates net worth, mm-hmm. is let's make sure that I'm helping them to be a much more confident person. And for me, that uses a little bit about my makeup background. So I do something called, a I give them a confident woman 
session with me where they actually sit in my makeup chair and I teach them the art of their face. So they feel that's a beautiful, almost instant thing that I can offer a woman. I just did this two days ago with a local doctor. She came to my boutique office, she sat in my chair, and I, I teach her how to create this, not just go, just don't get your makeup done. I want to I want to empower you that you now have the confidence to do this anytime you want. See, here's what people don't realize. Now, I'm speaking to the women, women who wear makeup properly and they show up with a strong feminine presence, true story, but they can earn up to 40% more than women that don't bother. That's verifiable fact. So women who actually wear proper makeup, a stronger feminine presence, again, can earn up to 40% more than women that don't bother. And so I can start there. I can help them feel more confident about the woman in the mirror. I call it the confident woman appointment because in less than 90 minutes, they get out of my chair and they, I, I kind of call it the confident woman happy dance. They look <laughs> in the mirror and there's versions of yes, or that is a beautiful, beautiful moment. And it, it is just something I cherish. I, I do these and I do this apart from my mentorship program. So if a woman goes to my website and she just wants to start there and she wants to be confident in her own skin, she wants to feel beautiful because again, going back to that place of self-worth, women are out there building businesses at a rate of three times more than men now. They're starting at a rate of three times more than men. But less than 2% of women the less than 2% of female entrepreneurs are making over 50000 a year. So there's a huge problem with that. So again, I'm speaking to self-worth equals net worth. So if I start with confidence and courage and now they get some victories, well, guess what happens? Yeah. Goals grow. You know, I just want to clarify. I, I know the answer to this, but I want to make sure for our listeners, when you're talking about enhancing somebody's visual appearance mm-hmm. so they have a greater sense of self-worth. That is only a piece of what you do in it's your mentorship. It's only a piece it, of what I do. I don't want anybody to be listening and, and think, think it's makeup I only. can't get makeup on, right. I can't can't increase right. my self-worth. Cause, okay, Thank good. you for clarifying that. So I start with the confidence and then I start teaching them. Then we can break it down. Then it goes to peace of mind rituals goes back to what I was speaking mm-hmm. to first. So it's courage, it's confidence. We it, And right from the get-go, I start teaching some strategies for rituals that will anchor them from the moment they get, from the moment they get wake up. It's called the endowment effect. From the moment they wake up, I can turn the favor in their direction. Just like, and just to speak to that a second, we all can relate to what our day is like if we wake up and the alarm didn't go off and we find ourselves oh, starting panic. the day late, panic, right? I'm already behind. Right, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And that's that's the endowment effect. 
so we can go ahead and turn the endowment effect into in, in someone's favor as well so I teach on that so it's confidence and courage and simultaneously it's it's teaching the endowment effect and the laws of contagion and influence and and they get stronger as as women and men and all and then we're going after business so people come to me when they're when they have a dream but they're not sure how to make that into a, a profitable dream and turn that into a business so it, it's confidence it's business it's peace of mind and it all equals high profit is the endowment uh, what intrigued me one of the things that intrigued me was in looking at your material was the ritual the word ritual right. just sort of rang a bell for me it's like you know wait a minute are we gonna drink kool-aid or drink the kool-aid so talk to me about what you mean when you say rituals and whether that's part of your endowment or is it separate? sure well how about if i give just a really quick example okay and people don't realize that just by making their bed in the morning can be symbolic. A ritual of making sure your bed is made because it symbolizes you've started the day. And what if you light a candle? And I mean, seriously, what if you just light a candle? Because as coaches, I teach people. And as women and men that want to get out there and have great high impact, see, the problem is everybody's chasing but I have the lighthouse mindset. See, a lighthouse stands on the island or on the shores and it just, it just shines. It stands there with light and just shines. It doesn't chase, it's not running all over the island looking for boats to save. <laughs> Right? Yes. So a simple ritual. And I mean, it's very simplistic. I get that. But there's many rituals. That's just speaking the simplicity of just making your bed, the act of making that bed, maybe lighting a candle. And in that two seconds it takes to light that candle, you say to yourself, I am a lighthouse. Hmm. And I will shine bright for people. So your rituals are uh, sort of like, um, oh, I can't think of it right now, those uh, self-affirmation cards. Yes and no, because... I, I knew you weren't going to yeah, lately. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Hit me. <laughs> and I don't like the word habits. I mean, we all know we're creatures of habits, but habits don't really... People are not excited about starting habits. No, they aren't. Right? And there's a lot of resistance around that. But it seems... See, a habit and a ritual, it's really the same thing. <laughs> we won't tell anybody. Right, we won't tell yeah. anybody. <laughs> but when it's ritualistic, now we're coming from a soul level. And I think we have this beautiful movement out there that people really want to be much more soul-centered mm-hmm. and heart-centered. And so that simple, if we just start creating success rituals success comes easier because it's lighter it's not anything we're trying to resist and so there are many rituals there's the calm ritual there are feminine rituals for women that really do want to increase their feminine presence therefore their feminine power there are rituals for sleep because I'm a huge fan of not just beauty sleep but the only way the brain detoxes, the only way the brain detoxes is through proper sleep. The only way our vital organs 
detox is through sleep. And they actually, for example, if you're not, if you're, if you keep waking up at three o'clock in the morning because of stress or worry, you don't have peace of mind with that, your liver never has a chance to regenerate. So even the time, making sure we're sleeping our proper seven to eight hours. And it's important because each major body organ goes through a sleep cycle. So I teach a sleep ritual. You know, I I just want to make an observation. I I see the distinction uh, from my point of view between the ritual and the habit. Yes. The habit is something I do without thinking about it. Mm -hmm. The ritual has a meaning behind why I do it. That's a beautiful way to that, state that. It's it's a mindful. Yeah. And see, that's what success is. It's, but it's being much more mindful. Why are we doing the things we're doing? Yeah. Make sure that what you're doing is always has, it's keeping favor behind your actions. And you feel empowered. You feel empowered. I do very little things these days, but I don't want to do. So everything, for the most part, for the most part, everything I say yes to is because I want to, including being here. (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) We didn't force you, and I was excited (laughs) that you did say yes. Uh, I will also just mention that you are... Probably as a guest, you you accepted the invitation quicker than any other guest has. I and, and I mention this mm-hmm. not because you're desperate to be on the radio show here. Yeah, no, I've been. But because people get nervous about public speaking. Mm. You talked about we dying talked about or public that. speaking, right. and so when they go, yeah, I'd like to be on the radio show. That'd be good for my business. I think it'd be a good idea. Um, how about December? <laughs> you know, and we're sitting here in August. Right. But you have no fear of speaking. It's not that I didn't have fear. I came from a very fear. I, I, I was a young woman that uh, was afraid to use my voice. I, there was some bullying involved. I stuttered when I got nervous. So the idea of doing any kind of public speaking, radio speaking, was the last thing that I ever saw for myself. And I realized that when you are someone that when you just make up in your mind that you're no longer going to be afraid right but the reason i said yes i i i look at something i say no many times but when i say yes to something it's because i trust my i trust myself to say yes yes this feels right yes i'm going to do it the i think that people so often they give themselves so much unnecessary stress and and us uh, restlessness and that that spirit that just isn't at peace because they worry way too much they they they're related to pre-worry right and (laughs) pre-worry pre-worry and if we just realize that our soul recognizes the things that we're supposed to do So if something comes your way or a person comes your way or an opportunity comes the way, just the sheer fact that you recognize it is something you should probably pay attention to. Doesn't mean you have to, but it means you should. And you should make a decision. And make a decision because... Because there's so much stress with people not being able to decide. And and I'm curious. It's the most crippling thing we do to ourselves, not decide. The most crippling thing we do. Yes or no, just decide. And that's the advice on it. Just totally. decide. Just decide. Either way, you're better off than to 
not deciding. The mo- and I repeat, the most crippling thing we do to ourselves is not deciding. You know, we had listed some questions here and we've gone we've had such a great conversation i don't know that i can get to the questions but i i do want to just take a minute here and say that uh what is it you want to say to the listeners that i may not have let you get to i've sidetracked us no i don't think you sidetracked you you're a great interviewer thank you so what i love for any, you know, the ears that are listening, no matter where you are in life, is um, to know that I'm going to close by saying this because one year ago around Father's Day, I have three younger sisters. And a year ago, it's see, time has always been something I valued. I don't know where it came from. I think we all, we use these sayings about time is precious. Yeah. But a year ago, and I've always valued time, and I really do understand time is not like money. Once time is lost, it's forever gone. Money, you can be lost and you can get it back. So what I like to say to your listeners is that if there is something inside you and you're not, if the quality of your life isn't matching up with your soul's desire and you have tried things on your own, Trust that someone like me can be your trusted advisor. And then when you don't have a mentor, especially today, because there's so, in in this industry, it's very, very noisy. Mm-hmm. And it's only going to get noisier. And so if it puts you at a competitive disadvantage not to have proper mentorship. And a year ago, and again, and so I speak to the fact that if you're struggling, if you're struggling with stress, if you're struggling with overwhelm, if you're struggling with not being able to make over 50000 a year, if you're struggling with not knowing, maybe you are a new person who wants to get out of a job and start a business and you need direction and what that might look like, I can help you with that. If you are someone that has been in a job, uh, excuse me, if you've been... Um, Establish and you're just struggling financially or to break the next level, you you plateaued, I can help you with that. If you're in direct sales, one of my newest programs, I'm going to start shortly, because of course I do have some experience in direct sales. 28 years right. we know of, for, for sure. Yes, with some high, high achievement in that, in that direct sales, I believe in passive income, but there's a right way to do it. Most people... I take calls every single day, Doug, where women that, because I'm not in that industry, they call me and I hear calls every day where people, women are telling me about how not only they're struggling, but they're embarrassed because they have secretly put themselves at debt, like greater debt. They struggle, they're, they're paying for ranks, they're buying their sort of free cars, they're, they have chaos in their life, they don't know how to make money with this and raise their children and be a good wife, and they're just completely overwhelmed. Well, I can teach them with ease. That's where my great hindsight comes in. So if you're if you're a coach or if you're a woman or a gentleman who just really wants to create some great income, whether it's a second business or just make that first one much more profitable. If you're in direct sales, what, so if you understand, time doesn't wait for us to get brave. Now's the time. Now's the time. Now's the time. 
one last question here. Are your mentorship programs, are they group programs or are they individual Both. programs? Both. Okay. And so... I offer group programs or more, it's really kind of, it's a tutelage program. So it, tutelage is, a, it's great, um, it's mentorship with great master, it's mastery behind it. So okay. this is a group program. They get a, it's a, I offer a six month group program. They can start at any time. And they're with other screened. I, I don't let it, I Truth be told is that they have to qualify to, to mentor with me. I'm not looking for someone that thinks she has to be ready or he thinks he has to be ready. I don't look, I believe it's a huge lie, people tell themselves. They, when I'm ready, I'm going to go do something. <laughs> I look for a specific type of individual and that specific type of individual is willing to change and, and willing to take wisdom and pearls and, um, and take on a mentor. Um, and so I offer group programs. I also offer beautiful, powerful one day intensives. So one day with me and we can get a lot done. Okay. Well, I'm pumped up with one hour with you. Hey, so, okay. How do people get in touch with you before we wrap up here? Terrific. So I do have a website and it is beautyforthesoul.me beautyforthesoul.me and I'm also they can find me on Facebook Therese A. Santos and I'm sure we'll probably offer some information where um, when the show posts but um, I invite anyone listening if anything that I've shared today just if there's something about um, who I am and my success resume if they like to have a conversation with me they can certainly reach out and we can talk and we can we can determine if uh, we'd be a great fit together but this is something i i really i know i'm confident and i have the self-worth enough to say <laughs> that if somebody is willing to learn i'm willing to teach Therese, thank you very much for being with us today i'll tell you uh, I haven't listed my five people, but I think you count for all five here today in terms of positive. Aww. Thank you very much. Thank you, Doug. Thank you. Well, look, if you're listening to our podcast, then thank you for visiting our website, thecoachingperspective.com, and be sure to check out our archives for other shows with some great guests. And speaking of guests, we're always scheduling guests. So if you'd like to be on the show, just send me an email, Doug at thecoachingperspective.com, or, hey, go to our website. There's a place on there to subscribe to the newsletter or say that you want to be on the show. Well, look, I hope you've enjoyed the show today. Our goal, as always, is to have discussions that provide you with new ideas and information that you can put to use immediately. Today, the word immediately has a special meaning. Don't stress out over making a decision. Take the ideas you heard and put them to use immediately to identify and achieve your goals. I'll be back with you again in two weeks at our new time of 3 p.m. Have a great evening. You've been listening to the one show that takes a look at business from a different perspective. The Coaching Perspective with Master Certified Business Coach Doug Gefeller.